0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. Aloha, and welcome to a special series of Random Acts of Living. This series is the story of my husband Matt's Accident, and it was recorded on the four-year anniversary of that accident um, in this year, twenty twenty. So, I wanted to, I wanted to create a series. There is three episodes here, and um, and I feel like they're best listened together, or just that you are aware that they go in a series. Um, and I wanted to record this story because I feel it's it's a story about resilience in the midst of baffling, heart-wrenching trauma. And I think we're all living that right now to one degree or another. And at some point, I feel like it'll be important for us to tell these stories. So I want to be able to create that space now, that there's there's a space for this the story and for our collective trauma as we grow out of this global pandemic. I also wanted to integrate the moment of this particular, um, history of mine into my story. I think that's a really important thing to do. Um, and so not just through like my art making and the living of my life, but just to give this story some body to give it a voice. And finally, I want to celebrate the love that my husband and I had and held for each other. I think that was a really beautiful thing and got us through the hardest parts of this and into the part of resilient and able to, to move forward and live our best lives and stay present. So I hope that you gentle listener also find some joy and beauty and, and there'll be heartache, but I think like me, you'll be able to come out the other end. Today we're going to continue with the story of um of my husband's accident and and the the day that I finally got to Honolulu. Um it's part of it's part of the series. So so on August 5th, 2016, I I finally get to um, fly from Portland to Honolulu. I have a fly on Hawaiian and, um, has been staying with my friends. You know, of course, you know, spending like the, the 12 hours, um, prior to that, just like, oh, just, you know, not really understanding how, how horrible the accident was and, and everything that was gonna, um, that was going to come with it. Um, you, you know, when a trauma happens, it's like right at that moment, you're just in for the survival. So you kind of hit that survival mode and it's like, oh, now, okay, we just have to get through it and then it's going to be okay. And then once you're through it, you're just like, oh fuck, it's actually never going to be okay again. So, (laughs) so with that's where I was. And that was the, the, uh, the feeling of, you know, having to wait to get on the plane, you know, because you know, really couldn't assess the situation until I saw him in person. Um, So my friends who I was staying with, you know, were being really kind and taking care of me and on their way to the airport, because I hardly slept the night before. We're in Oregon, they'd recently, um, you know, made uh marijuana legal. So uh, I was they suggested I stop at a shop and pick up um a vape pen to to have something so that I would sleep on the plane, so I did this now, I don't smoke pot. I've never enjoyed smoking pot like it's not pot is not my friend. I get paranoid, I get weird, like I don't know what I was thinking like <laughs> like now you know everyone's like pot is great. I'm just like, mm." no. So anyway, I'm not thinking I'm, I'm in shock. So I'm stressed out. And so I say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me do that. And so I get my little vape pen and, um, before I get onto the airplane, I take a couple hits and, you know, I mean, I'm already exhausted and stressed out, and I'm reading a book, um, Cheryl Strade, The Dear Sugar Letters. And I remember, like, sitting on the plane and starting to read probably one of my favorite ones, like, write like a motherfucker or, um, anything, uh, to take my mind off of what, what was happening or to give me some words of hope and wisdom. And, and then I just remember like crashing and, um, having just like the most intense, like vivid dream about what was happening, that it wasn't really real, that like what I, like the reality that I just lived through, that was the dream and the dream was my reality. Um, and then I woke up and saw that was wrong. No pot for me ever again. Anyway, so I get to Honolulu and, um, and I'm picked up by a friend's, um, cousin. So, so she takes us, she takes me to, um, to the hospital, go into the ICU unit and I see Matt and I just am like, it just like, it's just like getting sucker punched in the gut. It was just so, it was so visceral, Uh, I mean, the scratches all over his body, the dirt, like he was still dirty. Like they hadn't cleaned him. They hadn't like washed him. They hadn't like gotten the dried mud and blood off of him. It was matted in his hair. It was like on his toes and fingernails. And I mean, it was just, it was awful. It was so awful. Um, So you know, at that moment, you know, and I'm trying like to hold it together, right? It's just like, oh my God, like, what do I do first? Do I give him a bath? Do I talk to the doctor? Like, holy shit. Like, where do I go? And um, thankfully, I have a super great network. I don't think anyone gets through trauma well or alive without people around them. Um, So I have to When I tell the story, um, give a huge shout out to the people in my life who really helped me right then and there, who showed up at the hospital, who like helped me navigate, um, what was happening, who took care of the dogs who were back on Molokai, who like just, you know, raised money because (laughs) because we were going to need it to fly back and forth from Molokai to Honolulu for treatments. And I mean, and you know, I was now the sole breadwinner. I was it. Like it was my, everything was now on my shoulders. And, uh, and it just hit me. Like I said, like being punched in the stomach, like a ton of bricks, like all of those, all of those sayings that we have were so appropriate for this moment. And then, and then the incredible loss and of, of what had happened. And, and we still didn't understand how, um, how deep the brain injury was and how se- severe it was going to be. But I knew it wasn't good. Um, and this is how I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> was going to was that I went up to my husband I'm holding his hand you know lightly you know trying to touch him and not wake him up but he opens his eyes and he smiles and he says I knew if I didn't bring the dogs back you'd kill me then I said oh yeah that's true would totally I would hunt you down in the afterlife buddy you better believe it um, And then I say, Oh, I bet you could really use a cigarette now. And he's like, What do you mean I don't smoke? My husband for 20 years that we were married was a pack a day camel smoker, like nobody's business. The fact that he didn't remember that he smoked at the time, I thought was like, wow, a bonus. Like, that's great. Like, he now doesn't have to worry about, you know, ever smoking. Like, that's a good thing. Well, it wasn't. (laughs) Because he also forgot all the other things. Like sex. Like me. Like, a lot of people in his life. Like, what he really liked to do with himself. You know, all of that was basically having to be relearned to him. Um, I think he believed that I was his wife because I told him that and I told him the stories. And I mean, he like knew me. Um, but in the days that were to follow, I really began to understand that um that the person that I had known and loved and fallen in love with and was my partner and support was really, um, was really gone. And, and this new person was okay, but he wasn't the man. He wasn't the man that I married. And, uh, and that took me years to come to terms with. It took me years to accept. I'm still basically working on accepting that daily. Um, it's a great, it's a great loss. And my heart feels it. My head feels it. Everything feels it. My soul. And, and I think, well, maybe it's good that he doesn't remember. And so, with everything else that he has to deal with, with his broken spine and and all the other head injury, uh, the traumatic brain injury stuff, you know, maybe it's a blessing that he doesn't have to remember everything that he's lost. That would be a lot to bear. That would be a lot. But we had this moment. A couple of days after the the accident, and I was there. I had moved into his um, hospital room, so they gave me one of their super shitty beds. <laughs> if anyone ever sleeps in a hospital, it, it's awful. Like, bring your own like yoga mat and just sleep on the floor. Way more comfortable. So I am in this horrible. It's like a chair that folds into a bed. And I'm lying there, and we're facing each other. And he opens his eyes, and he says to me, you know, when I crawled through the Kayavi forest, when I climbed out of the well, when I got to the freeway, because that's what happened. He fell into a well. He climbed out with a broken back suffering a concussion over two and a half days to the road um, from the back of a valley on Molokai. When I got to the highway, I realized that what, everything I had just been through, all of that living, surviving, getting to, to this point on the road, that was going to be nothing compared to what was about to happen. And that's really like the last full moment that I knew I was talking to my husband. And I just thought, oh, man, that's so profound because you are so right. The easy part was climbing out of the well, crawling over Kayavi, not having water, being in shock with the dogs for two and a half days. The hard part is going to be figuring out how to live with all of that. So I think about that on the anniversary. And I think about that profound human that he was, and I think about the profound human that he's become in a very different way. And I miss him, and I love him. And then then I also think about how I've incorporated through having experienced that secondary trauma, having experienced the trauma of our life falling apart, experienced the trauma of losing everything. I really hope (laughs) that I integrate some of that profoundness into my life. I hope that comes through. I hope people are touched by it and and feel that they're not alone, that there's someone who understands because I, I try, I try to, to be present for people. And, and for me, again, (laughs) that this whole experience is about the only thing that you can control in life is how you respond to something. So so that's that's my journey. How do I respond to the random acts of living? How do I integrate that into my life? How do I make myself whole after I've been broken? That's it. That's the game, kids. That's what we're doing here. Every single day starts over. And you know what? I kind of love the fuck out of it. So that's my story today. Thank you so much for listening. Have a really great one. Aloha. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha.